and welcome to Let the Good Dice Roll, our retrospective series on a two-and-a-half-year-long Exalted campaign that I cannot post up for legal reasons and all that shenanigans that you guys have heard, I want to say, 24 times before, and this will make it episode 25. Woo! 25! Right? We are, uh, with no other questions here, uh, we are actually about to start flying along at a breakneck pace. Um, well, about as, as quick as I can comprehend my own notes, because they get a little weird for this next session. Well, luckily enough, uh, th after that we started up on Godbound, I started taking extensive notes on what I intended for the camp for that session. So <gasps> you took notes. Congrats. I didn't necessarily take notes so much as I actually wrote down what I was going to do that session, and you know, actually wrote it down on a Google Doc so that it's not just stored somewhere on a broken computer lying face down in a garbage... That thing's probably just been crushed somewhere. Maybe. I, I kind of wish I had my Chromebook back when I we was taking notes for this, because it's been so much easier to keep track of notes since I started doing it for other campaigns now. Oh, yeah. Um, so, when last we left off, the group had uh, gone through a proto-creation of Zenmu. Yep. Stolen... not Well, not stolen. Uh, bargained for the Eye of uh, uh, Autothon from the... Uh, Jotun of the Forge, the Forge soul of Autothon himself. Who's just ridiculous stats and murder central for us. And, uh, yeah, but to be fair, you guys were also in a, in a fucking time loop, so you guys dying actually didn't matter. You say didn't matter, but you still remember I mean, dying. Right, and then there's also the question of, did you really come back, or was it you from a different version are we talking doppelganger life now? Yes, we are getting into the doppelganger theory here. All right. Man, that'd be that'd be weird. You know, we could just keep this. We could just keep this. Uh, this show going infinitely by just going into. And now it's time for exalted conspiracies theories. Let's not jump into conspiracy theories. Are birds real in in, uh, in No, exalted? we're not. We're not talking about how birds are your old boss or whoever used to think birds are surveillance devices for the government. Ironically, works technically for the state government. Life is the weird. The irony of this is life just is weird. Weird. I don't. I don't know. But <laughs> this session is December twenty first. No, I'm sorry. No, it's December second of two thousand eighteen. Because I can't read my two. It looks like a twenty one because of the slash. On Sunday, of course, we are in Autocathonia or Autocathon. I'm gonna keep saying it wrong because that's just how I live my life anymore. Um, Technically, the name for this sub arc is uh, "In the Body of a Dying God." That's not wrong. So. Right? There's a uh, hanging bowls of light uh, that are swaying. There's no ceiling. Um, above the group is a pulsating mass of crystal. We uh, kind of look around and notice there's multiple levers that levels levels that go up and down. So this is kind of a tiered system that we're in right now. Uh, the two alchemicals that are with us, Archie and Aseyu, have different reactions to the area because Archie has a very high clarity and Aseyu has a very low clarity. So the way they kind of interact with this place is very different based on that. So one of the things to keep in mind is that uh, both Architect and uh, the um, and Aseyu Dayman 
Um, Just call him Archie because we have to worry about architect later. With oh, Art. right. You're right. Okay, so Archie is... Um, both of them are technically prototype alchemicals. Um, they have never, like, existed as an alchemical inside of uh, Autocathon. So they have no idea. So, like, they're getting a bunch of weird feelings. Now, I think that we've spoken on clarity before. I believe we've mentioned it, yes. Uh, but basically, with Archie being inside of Autocathon, um, it is causing some weird uh, feedback to him. Basically, wanting him to do a thing that I think they, uh, gets mentioned in the, in, in the, in, in this game. It's possibly. If it doesn't, I have it in my notes and I will mention it. Okay. We do notice that there's a crystal ceiling, uh, about a mile above us. Apparently something written up there says, Clever Fox is right. Yes. And, uh, it's written in Old Realm. Yes, it's, it was supposed to be, Clever Fox was right, the truth was out there. Well, so the group decides to split up, like we make poor decisions to do on occasion. You got our two nightcasts, so Raldo and Storm, along with Sergei, are going through the pipes. I don't remember how Sergei fits through the pipes. I think he just goes iguana or something like yeah, that. Yeah, iguana. Or he has, since we switched over at this point to uh, Godbound, his uh, his shape-shifting word is a lot more versatile than it was as uh, as a lunar. Like, he can literally just shift his form, like, whichever way he wants. But iguana. He was probably an iguana. Probably. Also, when you say pipes, it's not like... It's not like, oh, these are some tiny pipes that only, like, Storm would be able to fit into because she's the, the small in the group. It was like... They are big, large pipes for, like, industrial-sized machinery. Yeah, but I still, because of how big Sergei is, I just imagine him it just being easier if he shapeshift to get through them, because he is a big, big, large dude. He is big, big, large, huge. Uh, everyone else at this point is going for the crystal. So, something's firing things up at it, and flying up to it. I is think it, Sunny does that. I have Sunny, but then I crossed it out, so I don't know if that was actually I want to say that it's Sunny. I, I distinctly recall um, Tony using a ridiculous sorcery that I helped him make to basically fire off uh, a fucking beam. It's possible. Like I said, I have Sunny written there, but then crossed off, so I don't know if that's what actually happened or was supposed to happen or what have you. Uh, say you and Archie are following Raldo and Storm, and Surefire is with the other group. Rol okay, so this is where it gets a little hard to read my notes. Uh, so Raldo and Storm and company, they notice there's a metallic scent and the sound of pistons. They hear a faint humming of machinery ahead. About a good mile into this, they see three massive metal monstrosities dra that are dragon-shaped. Uh, they have a, like, kind of a triangle done in a dot system. So, imagine a triangle and each of the points is just a dot. Um, it, it's the, the fucking predator uh, yeah. thing. So, they see three massive uh, marks put on each of their foreheads. Like, the people there. Us. Storm flashes her cast mark and, uh talks about uh re and then there's this talk about retraining or something along those lines and 
they extend kind of a grabby hand mm-hmm. towards them. Meanwhile, God King Nyx, Lioness, Sunny, and Surefire are dealing with uh, the crystal ordeal. Sunny talks and questions, uh, I guess, the crystal? Or it just says them? And something about soul gems, looking for radiant talisman in the unco- of the unconquered sun. Ah, right, because he started assaulting the crystal that was super high up. Um, he basically got the police called on him. Oh. Because, let me see if I have it here, because I actually brought out my, uh, Compass of Celestial Directions Autochthonia. Oh. Um, to see if I have Well, a, while you're looking... It does not have you're, a map. While you're looking that up, I'm gonna keep going. So, class... Classlat? Classlat, yes. Class that is... It says yellow soul gem and something about eight divinities, which I do have a mention of those later, so don't spoil that yet. Okay. Uh, then this red, blue, and black jade guys approach to fix the hole that I assume Sunny put in there. And something about fake soul gems. Uh-huh. There, uh, a regulator focuses on Nyx and says they are with her. Uh, she needs to get her soul gem checked out for psychosomatic change to her spiritual core. Whatever the fuck that meant, because I don't remember. So, to explain what this means, uh, because it does become very obvious very soon once you guys go into, uh, the local town. Um, everybody in Atakthon, uh... Has a soul has their soul implanted in a gem on their forehead. That's how you can tell if someone is uh, alive and has a soul. Um, oh, that's right, and that's why when I flat when I flash my cast mark at Storm, they're like, "Oh, you're good." Yeah, you're good. You're not cattle. Um. So basically, what this ends up being is they um. Uh, they, they see you guys' uh, soul gems in big old air quotes, and they go, those aren't right, but technically we're seeing that you have a soul, so you should maybe go and get that checked out. That, that doesn't look healthy. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. Then, um, well, so I don't... The next thing I have is the listing of the eight divine uh, ministers. Right. Uh, so the first one, and... Because my handwriting's not great right now, I think I was using a really crappy pen, I'm probably going to butcher the names. Um, it looks like... Ronel? Ronel? Ramal? It's an R and then it ends with an E-L, but that's all I got. I can't read the in-between. Uh, the Minister. Uh, Debok something that starts with an M. Morn? Moore? Uh, is the Minister of Evolution. Let's see, I found it. Uh, oh, cool. Then you just read them off. Brunel, uh, the Divine Minister of Order, Smooth Functioning, Productivity, Efficiency, Cities, Commerce, Life, and Hearth. Debak Moom, the Minister, uh, the Divine Minister of War, War Machines, Violent Paradigm Shifts, Elemental Metal, Privacy, and Wealth. Why do I have a, a evolution, then? I'm not sure. I might have had something, uh... Uh, Kek Tungsha, Divine Minister of Smelting, Craft, Tools, Industry, Mass Production, Fertility, and I Reproductive don't. Sex. Oh, I do have that one. Okay. Um, Noi, the Divine Minister of Curiosity, Research, Exploration, Innovation, Rebellion, and Progress. 
Mog, the Divine Minister of Authority, Proper Functioning, Dogma, Righteous Action, Just Punishment. Uh, Cadmech, uh, Divine Minister of Design, Architecture, Structural Integrity, Bio, Geomancy, Music, Art, Wisdom, Strategy, and Prophecy. Domadamod, Domadamod, Domadamod. Yeah, we'll go with Domadamod. Divine Minister of Reuse, Repair, Recycling, Cannibalism, Enlightened Guardian of the Eternal Circle. And my personal favorite, Koo! The Divine Minister of the Reaches and Far Reaches, Smoke, Mystery, Seals, Thaumaturgy, and Death. Uh, Koo is canonically, like, the most untrust, like, does not trust a single motherfucker, like, at all. Sounds like my kind of person. And if I remember, like, the voice that I did for him... It was really just fucking goofy. Possibly. So, like I said, it, this is going to be fun to try and read. So, we meet all of them. And then uh, we go back to the other group with Raldo and Storm. Uh, we find out those are steam dragons that we saw earlier. Yes. And they're taking us in not the direction of Talisman's Pendant, which is what we're basically seeking to find her. Uh, Storm does Walking Ghost, uh, and just basically like dips out of the situation, and Raldo just disappears out of there. <laughs> so uh, at least poor Seiyu and Archie to go with the Steam Dragons. Uh, basically they're like, with them, but they're kind of keeping contact with us about what the fuck is going on. To explain what the, uh, steam dragons are, uh, so in, uh, in regular creation, uh, you have elementals, like fire elementals and all the other stuff. Uh, water elementals, you know, they all come in, like, various sizes and forms. In Autochthon, you have, uh, elementals for the different elemental poles of Autochthon, which are not fire, air, water, wood, whatever. They're uh, smoke, oil, uh, lightning, and there's like two others that Which I can't remember. Which makes sense for machinery. But yeah, so the elementals in this plane of existence are all machine life forms. Which makes sense considering everything. If you think about O chemicals and how they work. Yep. And their avatars and everything like that. Mm -hmm. <coughs> uh, so upon exiting the pipe, we come to Boomtown. Uh, which is hanging by cables. Uh, smog is being sucked into generators that are helping to power the city. There's elevators that bring up precious metals. Uh, there's this sickish green glow. And Storm tries to investigate basically what that is while she's still in Walking Ghost. Raldo walks by a building and it has a ping of what we're looking for. He, uh... Raldo got something, something attention. Oh, Raldo gets Storm's attention uh, about the pink, and basically the necklace is in the room with the conspiracy chart that's written in Riverspeak. River uh, but he basically goes over there because Storm's not quite there yet, that whoever has been looking for talisman knew she was on her way to Classlet. Uh, there's something about... Uh, Gremlin something or another? Gremlin syndrome? It's not what's written here, but it does say Gremlin something. Uh, and has basically just gone missing. So they try, he, I guess, tried talking to this thing. It, says, it looks like it says Gremlinate. 
but I'm pretty sure it's not what I meant to write. Gremlin a nation? Yes, that might be what it is. Uh, but there's also something about a soul steel massive flying ship. Sorry, my notes are all over the place and just not written how I usually write them. Your notes look like the conspiracy board. Kind of. Like, you've seen my notes. That is more how my notes are written, yeah. as opposed to whatever the fuck this session was. Uh, so Storm is looking at the green material when she's tapped on the shoulder and uh, oh. drops walking a ghost. I remember, uh, I remember what that this this one was. Why that your notes are all over the place. Okay. This was this was your. I'm gonna have three bottles of wine night. Was it? Yeah, because we were at Maury's place. Oh yeah, because that that name comes up that I'm just like fuck this, shit I'm out. Uh, Urantium. Urantium. Is yeah. that how to say it? Okay. Yep. Uh, something about unrefined adamantite, uh, and apparently Percival has talisman's necklace, which is next to the conspiracy talisman board, in air quotes. And, uh, this the soul steel ship that I mentioned earlier has, uh, has green material on it as well. Yes. So, let's see. Nyx, Linus, God King, Sunny, Surefire, pretty much everybody else is with Regulator. And he wants to go see what is going on and stop the problem, which is a say you and Archie apparently causing problems. So Storm tells them that he needs to not stop our alchemicals from uh, the combat they're in and basically just let it happen. The uh, group ends up reuniting. Uh, Urantium around is around Talisman, apparently. There's a big... Uh... Basically, I think that someone used, like, a knowledge word or something and basically got the knowledge that uh, whatever is keeping you guys from sensing where the talisman is, uh, there's a bunch of urantium that's basically acting like a shield. Gotcha. Uh, and basically now Storm kind of knows what's up a little bit, and we try to make some plans. So Regulator leads us to a funeral home so we can get Soul Steel to make suits to go down to find Talisman. Yes. Because I guess that's the only thing that would work okay in there. Yes, because the smog that you guys are above is extraordinarily uh, toxic and acidic. Yeah, so and the like, gas mask won't work And the gas mask, like, you can't it. just use gas mask. You have to, like, get, like, a full suit of armor to be able to survive in it. Because, yeah. like, even your god powers are not going to, like, stop, stop it fully. Like, this thing kind of, like, is a, like corroding yeah. thing of awful. So we end up having to wait two days for Nyx to collect souls to be able to make soul steel suits for us to go down to get Talisman. Uh, and she basically makes suits for Roldo and Storm. And let's see. In the pole of the crystal near the pole of lightning, there's something about Sova opposing a class lat. Project Razor. Most of Soba caught the common cold and 40% of them died. Stuff about that. Yes, because uh, as you recall, when you went to go and face uh, Rayton. Fuck her. You, you ran into someone who identified as being from the sovereign nation of Sova. Yeah, I remember. So because it, he showed up as an alchemical, he just kind of got some random fucking germs on him. And you guys in 
creation are, you know, have developed an immunity to the common fucking cold, or, like, it doesn't hurt you as much. You bring that, you bring those germs back to... To basically a clinical facility that's never been introduced to it. It's like dropping, like, a smallpox blankets onto, you know, places yeah. that I've never ha- had to deal with that disease. Exactly. And I know it wasn't smallpox blankets, but I'd rather say that, so... Um, that's the first thing that came to my head, anyways. Yeah. So, two days later, we have the suits and whatnot. And basically, uh, Roldo decides to kidnap the Robocop via his trick to put things up his sleeve. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he has, a uh, because at this point we got the, uh, the second book for Godbound that gave us the extra word. So, instead of being, uh... Journeys specifically, Raldo now has the, the, the theft, theft word. word. And yep. one of his things is he can put up to a caravan's worth of stuff in his sleeve. So he <laughs> steals an entire person and puts them up his sleeve. Also, something I did forget to mention earlier, uh, Regulator is a soul steal chemical. Yes. Which is kind of pertinent, I suppose. But... The soul steal chemicals are technically the police force. That's generally what their use is. But that's basically it for that session. We didn't venture down on that session. No, uh, that first session was you guys getting introduced to Autochthon. Next session. December 16th, 2018. My sister's birthday. Oh, well. Yeah. Uh, we land upon a ship. Us and the NPCs. And, uh, and the NPCs at this point are... Sergei Surefire, Archie Asayu, and then Regulator up Raldo's sleeve. So, uh, Sonny summons, in air quotes, some of his traps uh, to where he is, which is basically two small mobs worth of stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, not traps, I'm sorry, troops. Those two O's are very close together in that area. Uh, Percival has views to input into the thing that will put us under our control, Whatever the fuck that means. Okay, so one of the things that uh, probably did not get written down there is that Percival found, like, so Percival obviously got transported to Autochthonia. That's why he's there. Yeah. Um, along with Talisman. He has found in his time there... Man, they got that, there and I got the Feywild story. That the, um... The big, uh... The, the big, uh... Robot guy that you fought. Uh, Thousand Sins of Death. Um, Nightman? Yeah, Nightman. Nightman is also there in his giant ship form. And he's been, and Percival is like itching to go back for a fight. So what the he's decided to do is he got together with some Autochthonians and was like, how do we take him out? Okay, well, you do this. Ah, uh, that doesn't seem... You know what would be real good is that we could actually take over this ship because I'd like to go back to creation because it's... Awesome as this place is, I miss... Percival has virus to input into the thing that will put it under our control. Okay. Yes. So basically, uh, the people of Autochthonia have helped him create a virus that will basically override uh, that thing's personality, turning it into just basically a giant ship. Oh, I can see why I thought that said views instead of virus. Okay. I was writing quickly, clearly. Okay. Like, if you look at that, that definitely looks like, if you look at it the wrong way, it looks like views, but if you look at it, virus. Yeah, okay. So, Linus, Percival, and Storm go ahead. Everyone else quickly dismantles the cannons on the sh- AKA ship. 
a mob appears before Linus, Percival, and Storm. Um, excuse me. Uh, Storm basically uses all directions as one to go down while in Walking Ghosts. Uh, they make a wall as they continue climbing up it, and they hit but keep they get hit but keep going to get um, attack back. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Because at that point I had vengeance. Yeah. So basically, uh, I I had this gift called blood like water. If Storm got hit, she could basically just kind of auto attack on shit that had hit her because vengeance. So that's why she didn't mind getting hit. She just kept going regardless. Um, but the group basically easily tears through the mobs because we're dumb and just can just rip through mods like there's nobody's business. Yep. Then the Avatar comes out and uh, he scythe hands Storm and tries to use lightning on Lioness. And on Lioness, Stavacorn, and Percy. Um... We take out the Avatar silo, and Percy is kind of messed up, but we just kind of keep going and just kind of dive bomb into the whole thing. And uh, we creation ruling mandate to find out the name of the ship, apparently. Name I have of... creation ruling mandate name of ship written down. Oh no, that's what you guys named the ship after you took it over. Oh god, that's right, didn't we? Because we're just awful like that. Okay, so I have the stats for the creation debugging unit. And All I also, have is 80 HP written off to the side. So that is for Thousand Sins of Death. Ah, okay. So the creation debugging unit, which is the actual um, big flying ship. I also has... have Nightman equals Super Dead. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, 480 HP. Once reduced to zero HP, it crashes. It has no defensive abilities. All its attacks hit except when I roll a one. Its words are artificial intelligence, engineering, bow, and command. It gets a number of attacks equal to the cannons that are up, plus one. All cannons have an HP of five and are deployed three at a time. But once destroyed, will sacrifice its own life to deploy a new cannon. Damage is one auto hit per cannon with a D10 chart. Damage or blah, blah, blah. Airborne missiles will rain down every four rounds, hitting the battlefield for 1D4 straight damage to everyone. And then Thousand Sins of Death, uh, same words, uh, has a lot of just fun stuff. But yeah, 80 HP, its AC is negative 1, it has an attack bonus of 12, and it gets 2 attacks. Fuck that shit. It's rough. Yeah. <coughs> <coughs> well, we do get clearance to land by another alchemical. Um, which is the Orchalcum cast with, that ha must have a plasma repeater. Uh, and his name is Blues, and he's in charge of security. So we also... He is, um, so he is obviously the... I was uh, going to say, oh. say one thing before you say your thing. Uh, we do find out that Blues is a new model of a Seiyu. Yes. Now you can say your thing. It That's literally what I was going to say. Yeah. That's literally what I was going to say. Okay. Uh, so Sunny cleanses all of uh, the group of the uh, Urantium stuff, and then uh, we find a null space research facility. Oh, where... actually, hold up one second. I should probably explain what the fuck that Urantium is, because it's not actually a canon material. Okay. Um, so Urantium is a, um, 
is a made up is a made up material that specifically is a uh, highly corrosive element which causes gremlin syndrome and most metals made from it are are used by gremlins uh, it causes a sickness akin to radiation sickness and mortals struck by it um, the creation debugging unit is staffed entirely by mobs of gremlins ready to die for it as it's a herald of the engine of extinction uh, yeah. That's, that's all your canon stuff for it? That's all my canon stuff for it. Uh, there's a little bit more into why that it's named that, but we'll get into that when that uh, it becomes relevant, because it does get become relevant where that name kind of comes from. Gotcha. I mean, I have ideas, but... I what also are your ideas? I don't remember off the top of my head, so we're... Because of uh, what the Polar Norse name is. No? Nope. Okay, well, I might just not remember then. So, anyways, we go to an all-space research facility, and they end up having to take Linus away under suspicion of Grimlin Syndrome. And when we get into the facility, we find out the director is Talisman. So, on an out-of-character level, you can guess why <clears throat> Linus had to be taken away, so that Julia could play Talisman for this part. Kind of hard to PC two people at the same time. Yes. Um, but yeah, we get to her and to Boofer. We have a discussion about a lot of different things, especially like Gremlin Syndrome, very conspiracy theory-esque stuff. We talk of making a maiden of machines and, and basically using that for the eye of, uh, Autocathon. And, uh, Raldo ends up having a poker game with Blues and the other alchemicals, I think while he's waiting for us, if I remember correctly. Then we do uh, a ritual, basically putting influence into it to make it go quicker and do the thing to make this maiden of machines. And we send our anima banners out to kind of collect allies along the way. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you want to make any comments on that or not, because that's actually the end of that session. Um, so a lot of what that, so there, there wasn't a whole lot, so there was a lot of uh, Talisman kind of talking and going off on a lot of tangents because I did give... Um, julia a lot of notes on like what to say and everything yeah so that's I why i tried to like be like gremlin syndrome conspiracy theory stuff this 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 so um let's see so uh they talk about null space which is useful for um what's it called null space is useful in uh what they're trying to make with the main machines um, they also do explain that uh, Gremlin Syndrome is basically the uh, the autocathonian version of basically Abyssals. Okay. Uh, there, there's like a link to it. Um, so I don't think we've actually talked about what the Gremlin Syndrome is. I think we've mentioned it before. We've mentioned like when it, we but gone we did to not... the, like the giant thing in the sky above Sunshade. Right, but we did not actually explain what it was because we were because like a couple episodes back we were like this will be important later, but we're not going to explain what it is actually. So Gremlin Syndrome is basically a thought plague where that the more that you think about it, the more corrupted that you are by it. And it basically causes you to want to uh, basically destroy any kind of semblance of order and, like, law in the world. And basically it's there to try and... It's it's the main villain 
for the Autochthonian setting because Autochthonia is all like law and order and everything works perfectly as a machine. And gremlins are things that mess up machines. Yeah. Um, so I made it so that uh, gremlin syndrome is uh, basically the... Uh, kind of like linked to their underworld because they technically don't have an underworld in uh, in Autochthonia. Because machines. Because machines. Um, but one of the things that she realizes about it um, in this whole conversation is that Gremlin Syndrome is actually a natural occurrence in, in Autochthon because Autochthon is sick. That is part of his literal like I am a forge god. I am sick. I create things. I make machines. It's part of his soul to be sick. Gremlin Syndrome is made because Autochthon's soul is partly made of sickness. It's literally a part of him. So to actually wipe out Gremlin Syndrome, you have to find a way to, t to care for that sickness in Autochthon to make it go away. You can't just make it go away because you killed all the gremlins. It's going to come back. Yeah, because it's an it's a intrinsic part of it yes. as of right now. Yes, because a, a, a fucking primordial is defined by what that their soul is. They're, they're, they have a weird fucking meta-biology that like works more off of concepts than it does off of... Uh, actual physiology? Yeah, off of actual physiology. Okay, so we that's like I said that's the end of that session. So we're gonna go ahead on to a third session, which is Sunday, December the thirtieth, two thousand eighteen, <clears throat> which starts off with there is a urancium pile that's dangerous to everyone who is not really exalted. Uh, a larger formation reaches up past the pole of smoke and touches the pole of crystal. And we know from our information network that a uh, horde like never before of Gremlin Peeps. Yes, a horde like never before okay, of Gremlin that there is a horde like never before of Gremlin Peeps. Then there's uh, more of the Maiden of the Machine. Um, Do you have a name for her? I don't have... Not that I see on here. I don't have one okay, listed. Okay, so the, uh, the Artificial Maiden... Uranus, the maiden of the machine. Mm. Urancium. Yeah, makes sense. Because all all the maidens are named after, after planets. planets. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so talisman, surefire, Nyx, the iron servitor, doomfang, regulator, Archie, uh, are part of the maiden building process, and everyone else is going on battle duty for this. So this is actually a a fight. Uh, session, so I don't have a lot of notes on it, which is why it's so small on this page. Right. But basically, all our NPCs plus uh, Nyx are building the machine while everybody else is holding them, holding off uh, gremlins and other things from preventing them from building it. So basically, we plan the battle and are able to place our troops and allies. I think this is the one that we had all the. We had some. Uh, like, the big pillar at the top. Yeah. And I think Sonny ended up protecting Nyx at the end. Yep. Of it. But, yeah, Brendan basically set up this big tower for us and just like, all right, where do you want your people to be? Cool. 
So we sat down little things for what each of us was, and we had different areas that we were going to hold off for it while they were building uh, the thing. So each of the mobs started off kind of small, and then um, these quote-unquote Power Rangers dropped in. They were now, heroic mortals. Yeah, they were Power Rangers. They were... Cult. Oh, do you have the names for them? I do have the names yeah, for them. Yeah, maybe people will understand why I say they're Power Rangers. Okay, so you had the Blue Bitter Eyes Boy, the Yellow Vengeful Ruin Shield, the Pink Poison Wing Bureaucrat, the Red Deadly Mind Axe, the Will That Burns the Heart of the Lion Fashioning a Friend, Oh, wait, no, that's, uh, sorry, that's, that's gifts for the Red Deadly Mind Axe. Brilliant Funeral Fist Dragon. Yeah, I and need And the you, Green Blighted Refuge I need you sword. to take into account the color of each of these and how it's literally the Power Rangers, the original Power Rangers. Yep. Back when... I, I'm sure this is offensive to some people who like the current Power Rangers. Back when the Power Rangers were good. I missed the original Power Rangers. Power, okay, so Power Rangers have done, like, this curve that goes, like, up really well up until, like, I think the end of the uh, In Space era. And then it goes down. And then it has started to curve back up it's, again, it's, weirdly. It's, it fluctuates from season to season. Because I watched it for probably a good ten years, honestly. Like, I went through a lot of iterations. I can't remember if the last one that I saw was the Ninjas or if it was, like, the Wild Force one. But Both of those were fairly good, yeah, actually. Yeah, I, I didn't mind those. Compared to, like, Samurai or... Uh, there's one that was almost like Indiana Jones, like... Well, then you had the dinosaur ones, too. I didn't mind that one too much. Yeah. But, like, there were some that were much more hit or miss than others. But I, I do kind of have that nostalgic feel for the very first iteration with, like, Tommy and Kimberly and all of them. Yep. So. Uh, but, yeah, so you got people building, people fighting Power Rangers. Um... And basically, uh, Storm gave Talisman the eye before she went up to help with stuff, because originally, um, uh, uh, sorry, Lioness had the eye, and then she, before she got taken away, she gave it to Storm, which is not mentioned in the notes, but it's a thing that happened. And Storm basically was like, here, Talisman, take it. I'm gonna go fight. I clearly don't need this. So Talisman went up and had it while they were working on building stuff. And so... As we're defeating the Power Rangers, the Alchemical Assembly enters. That's a full Alchemical Assembly of stupid that uh, was built. And the reason I know they were stupid is because Brendan actually let me build those NPCs. Yes. And uh, basically, I played the game of, cool, there's so many new words now. We have two books full of words. Each one gets, I think it was three or four words. I think it was yeah. four. And so I was like, cool. I want to create an alchemical assembly that uses almost every single one of the words just to show how ridiculous some of these words can be. And Brendan gave me some very broken rules to use for them, and so I broke the rules. Um, but because we were running kind of late, we didn't get to see the full scale of how just ridiculous and dumb those alchemicals could be. Let's see, we had Glorious Arising Sentinel, the Orichalcum cast. Also, he let me name all of them, too. With the Kaiser Champion style. That was my favorite one. Um, we had... 
Whispering Cinder of the Unsanctified Forge, the Soul Steel cast. I like coming up with uh, with exalted names if nobody knew that already. Descending Steel in the Smiting Gauntlet, Jade cast. The Master Method of Sundering Alloy and Defiance, the Star Metal cast. Um, Shifting Archive of Precision Tracking, Moon Silver cast. And that was it. I want to say that there was actually an adamantite cast that there we made. There was. You let uh, Seth play it. Right, and that ended very badly as... Uh, because we realized very quickly that that was the general of the, the cast, and we pinpoint targeted him. Yes, and he did not have um, certain words that would basically give him mobility. Like, he couldn't flash step, like, half the fucking game. Yeah, could. I think we ended up, like, dropping him from a very far height and just, like, striking him You ended down. up dropping him into the pole of smoke. Yeah, we straight up just murdered him pretty quickly. Uh, and I think you also gave us an oh shit button, because I have written down, call down coup of doubt uh, of Ogathon. Yeah, yeah, you guys could uh, call in coup to come help out. I think we got to pick any of them and we yeah. decided on Ku mm -hmm. because he didn't trust anyone so it's like what better ally to have than someone who literally doesn't trust anyone which means he's better than all the other ones because all of them have their own agenda right granted Ku I'm sure had his own agenda too but it's just like cool we can agree that we don't trust each other but you can help us for the situation then go back to what you're doing right whereas I think everybody else was either they just didn't like us or they were kissing our asses or whatever mm -hmm. to try to handle the situation um, that's actually the end of that session. Because like okay. I said, there I didn't have a lot. We just did a lot of fighting for that one. So, the last session for the evening, uh, was about two pages long, so it's quite a bit of information. It's, uh, January the 6th, 2019. So we're finally into 2019. Uh, excuse me, I now have the hiccups, apparently. Uh, Julia, unfortunately, was not able to join us for the session. So we don't have her. Um, and so basically, we uh, the last session we saved Autocathonia. Uh, yay. Mm -hmm. We made the Maiden the Machine, and it has the Eye of Autocathon. Grimlin Syndrome is eradicated, and Talisman is also cured, so more yay. We're given a Hero's Welcome Back at Zexies. And there's a large assembly of alchemicals, mechanical spiders, forge machines, etc., etc. The there's an Orchalcum cast lady alchemical that comes up to us. Her name is Radiance of the Machine, and she invites us to a uh, uh, class lat. Want to make sure I said that right because I always yes. feel like I'm gonna say it wrong. We all go, and Sunny summons up his tower that has his people in it. Nix and Storm try some of the food there. It's it's basically this really interesting, like, tall tower that he can just summon up, and it's got servants that wait on him and whoever he tells on hand and foot, and they bring him food, and it's just a really ridiculous thing. So Nix and uh, Storm try some of the food there. Uh, God King ends up eating some of the human hearts from his cult. And uh, after partying, or as we're partying, we start to figure out how to get, or discuss how to get home. Because at this point, we're, you know, not home. 
can't just be like, okay, cool, we done, hop on our airship and go, oh. And just zoom home. That's not how this works. We went through a lot of shit just to get here, so now we have to figure out how to get home. We go to talk to Talisman uh, and decide to speak to the council to see if maybe they have some ideas or a way for us to get home in general. Ku uh, is a soul steel alchemical. And we find him speaking to another soul steel alchemical who's wearing a captain's hat and has swords and chains. Uh, Storm recognizes this person as the engine of Autochthonian inspiration, who was the person she had seen at the the Soul Steel Tower, and he he is now basically a small town in Sova. Um, like oh that. yeah, the guy that you had met at Sova, uh, he yeah. he uh, ascended in those fifteen years into becoming a small city because yeah. alchemicals do that. Yep. Well, so we talked... Which is what that Archie was wanting to do. Oh, Archie. Because he was inside and he had uh, a higher clarity and higher essence rating. So he was like, I must meld with the machine and become a city! But then we lose Archie. But he gets to go on to bigger and better things. So it's a, a win-win situation. Well, win-lose. Lose for us, really. But... Anyways, we talk to Ku and kind of work out an agreement, which uh, God King sanctifies the deal with Ku. Basically, it's for us to help get... It's basically to help get the ship through the gate, and to the uh, best of our ability, the divinities will... Yeah, basically we have to get Ku's ship through the gate, and we'll be able to get through the gate. And uh, But we have to do it kind of to the best of our ability. And the divinities will break the seal so that Autocathon and creation will be reconnected. So we can actually get back to Autocathonia at this point. Because Autocathonia and creation haven't been connected. I don't know if you want to speak more about that or not. Um, so because they have not been... Uh, with them not being connected, like... It's basically... Uh, uh, obviously it's not impossible to travel back and forth between them. But it it's is a great hassle. It's it's difficult, and it's more trouble than it's worth, really. Yeah. So, we end up seeing the former gremlin-infest alchemicals, because I think I forgot to mention this, but the alchemical assembly that I made and that we were fighting were actually infected with gremlin syndrome. I mean, it kind of stood to reason since yeah, you guys were but it, it. now I'm explicitly stating it. And so we see them kind of go off, uh... God King puts a high priest and a couple of people on Ku's Revenge, which is the ship, uh, so that we can help them out if they need to, because they're kind of going separate from us. Um, as the ship goes through, we wind up in the deep south. We see lava at Gem, kind of spirit stuff and underworld things. Uh, God King and Nyx are on the barge, and everyone else walks through this portal to Sunshade that Sunny made. Because we need to keep, you know, God King's gonna stay with his barge, and because there's spirit stuff going on, Nyx decided to stay behind as well. Kind of figure out what was going on. But everybody else is like, okay, keep in touch, we're gonna go back to Sunshade, you know, figure shit out, and plan for our next move. Uh, Percy's standing behind two to steer the alchemical ship, which we renamed to the Wandering Vessel of Evan Design, because people let me name shit, and I love naming shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, 
as we go back to Sunshade, we all get a lot of pings uh, from our various organizations about stuff. Uh, it's not just from our organizations, from the Baroness and a couple other people about things that are going on while we've been gone. One, God King learns of a priest, I believe it was, in Carrasquero that's preaching self-indulgence, quote-unquote, no matter what, which goes against the God King's tendons for his cult. Yes. Um, two, the war in the South is not going well. Kirigast and Carrasquero have... Uh, sort of had a dwindling human population at this point. There's also cults in the south that are taking over and building up, and a lot of first and second circle demons have appeared in the south as well. Uh, there's an unearthed mons in the south, and then and lots of people are flocking in at all times of the day, which is very weird. Uh, there's reports of a small contingency of people, um, there's also a mention of a young, unassuming man, his daughter, and possibly a dead grandfather because he looks mummy-like. Which, if you've listened to the previous podcast, spoiler, you probably know who they are at this point. Yep. Um, I'm not going to say purposely, but you could probably figure it out based off of those descriptions. Uh, the Baroness says that she, she needs us. There's a problem. Uh, Molesca Raiders have been shacking up in Sunshade. They made a building that was not requisitions uh, called the Pleasure Palace. And it was basically built right in the middle of an eight-way intersection. Like, not even on the court. Just right plop in the middle. Yep. Um, well, I mean, that's where the, the, all the traffic went. So, obviously, that's where the, you put your giant, like, den of inequity. Of course that's Roska. Roska's, uh, you know, logic. Mm-hmm. Uh, spoiler, that's who it is. Raska, the Prince of Theft, is the one who decided to put his pleasure palace right in the middle of an eight-way intersection. Basically, uh, Storm kind of goes and yells at him and gets him to move the pleasure palace to an open lot, which I believe the argument was, but that's out of the way. How are people going to know how to find it? People will fucking know how to find it. It's pretty damn obvious. And even though the town's been built up from, like, this little nothingness, people can still fucking find it. Right, and then he uh, uses his fucking artifact hookah and, like, the pleasure palace disappears, and then he just moves it over. Yeah, it was literally like, all right, everybody get out, shrink the house down, move it, pull it up. All right, everybody back in. (laughs) Yeah, basically. (laughs) Um, We also find out that Karagas and Karaskiro have also started dabbling in a lot of demon summoning, uh, I have getting back. Does that mean they're getting back to demon summoning, or...? I mean, demon summoning is pretty common for sorcerers, so... Yeah, but just, yeah, Kyrgyz and Kyrgyz have, you know, demon summoning. That's not disturbing at all for any reason whatsoever. Uh, then, let's see, Ghost finds... Oh, yeah, back to uh, Nyx and God King, who are on the barge, separate from the rest of the group. Ghost finds Nyx on the barge and asks her for a favor since, uh... Oh, I'm sorry. Ghosts. Not ghost. Ghosts with an S on the end. Not Did ghost. we ever explain how they got out of Audubon? On the barge. On the barge, okay. okay. Yeah. They, the, the divinities opened the oh, thing oh, for them to oh, get through. Oh, 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 okay. So they I opened up... I said that, up, like, a last sorry. page ago. They opened up the seal of eight divinities. Oh, my That's bad. why, okay, yeah, because my there's the bad. Council of Eight Divinities, and then there's the Seal of Eight Divinities. Yeah, I just have, the Divinities will break the seal, so Autocathon and Creation will be great connected. Right. Okay. 
Yeah, so so that was the seal of eight divinities that got broken open, which basically let Autochthon and uh, and creation be reconnected. And then I want to say that part of the deal of them doing that is like they flew out their new big ship Coos and Venge. The yeah, yeah, they they flew the the alchemicals flew out Coos Vengeance, their ship. And oh, then I you had, guys I had also. Whatever. And then you guys also flew out. Um, your big soul steel ship. Yeah. That and the barge. Yeah. yeah. That Percy flew. Yeah, I, okay. Yeah. That's the stuff I all mentioned. Okay. <laughs> You're doing great. It's late. It's, it's late. It's, it's late and we're recording this the like eight hours before this goes up, so this is not going to be the most heavily edited, if at all edited episode. We got you have to edit it a little bit. Yes, ghosts and the plural sense, undead creatures. Uh, that are spooky and spectral. Find Nyx on the barge and ask her for a favor since she's a mortician. They ask her to lay them to rest as a favor. Uh, basically, she uses dance to lay them to rest and uh, basically has the manifestations dance with her to do such. I believe it was they. she started dancing, they started following along, they started to fade away. Yes, that is um, what happened. This, the uh, ghosts, all as they're leaving, all thank her profusely. The last one that begins to fade away says that they didn't want to be enthralled to, quote-unquote, the raven-headed one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, basically, it was Faith who took Nyx down to the ground and then took her back up to God King's Barge since she doesn't have something that would help her get down to the ground and then back up. So he kind of helped right. her out a little bit there. Uh, back to Sunshade. Roska tells us the Maleska Bay, that Maleska Bay is now underwater and this happened about three weeks ago. All of the Skull Archipelago sank and the coastal areas are beneath the water. So the issue with this is the boat of Safa, who's a death lord, a pretty big death lord in the yes, west, actually. Yes, a very actually. big death lord in the west. Uh, so this is a little unsettling, because that's his territory. Yep. It just got sank. Yeah. So that's not good at all. No, not at all. Um, Somebody's eventually... been taking out their rivals. Yeah. Uh, Nyx and the God King end up returning, we all exchange information that we've learned, and because of what's going on in Kiragas and Karaskiro, God King and Storm send more of their people to the south to basically support, find out information, figure out what the fuck is going on and what we can do to help further. Uh, with Storm getting in contact with her network again, she's starting to notice a lack of reports in the north. Apparently places have... Uh, been abandoned or slaughtered information about there's something called the Victory Society about and no one really knows who or what they are so that's a big question on everybody's mind there was a slaughter in a city that has to do with the Victory Society and it's starting to follow a pattern and if you look at the pattern the next place is Gethamane so that's uh, kind of important we exchange this information, and as we're doing this, alarms go off. 
This is about to get fun. This is actually uh, the funniest part to me of this whole session. Alarms start going off. In the northwest is the first alarm, basically to say that the ley line is being messed with, the mm -hmm. dragon ley lines. And the second alarm is a directional command. I don't remember exactly what that was, but something was going on. Basically something in the, uh, from your directional command unit in the, uh, in the scavenger lands, mm -hmm. he was, uh, whoever was in charge of that was basically like, hey, so we're losing power here rapidly. We don't know what's going on. Something is just sucking up all the, uh, all gotcha. the energy. Which will make sense in a second. Something about an energy weapon is all they really know. The whole group goes to the northwest area to try and figure out what's going on and handle it. The Sword of Creation, which I will let Brendan explain after I get through this. I will let him explain what the fuck the Sword of Creation actually is and why when I heard him mention it, I was like, ah, ah, no, not that. Um, the Sword of Creation comes from the Blessed Isle to strike at Sunshade. We take the beam and kind of split it. Half of it goes through a portal that Sunny made to Malpheus. It comes through the crater that was in the south hitting the Sky Dome. The second half gets redirected because Brendan was like, all right, you get to pick. Where is it going? Yeah, where are you sending it? I was like, all right, well, we're not hitting any cities. Uh, can I hit Nexus? Yes. You can, are, are you sure? Yes, hit Nexus. Are you positive? Yes, hit fucking Nexus. <laughs> and so we redirected the other half to Nexus by uh, ramping up our shields and having it hit off of it and direct towards that area. The beam destroys three-fourths of Nexus. Um, and if you listen to our previous stuff, you know Brendan and I, neither one of us really like Nexus, so it's fine. Um, and, you know, as part of a relief program, we have uh, Sunny send over people uh, to help the survivors in, in their time of need um, to gain allies. Also, while they're over there, uh, there might be looting Nexus. Potentially. Um, Potentially but, there's looting. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, above the... So, uh, do you want to go ahead and talk about the Sword of Creation before I talk okay. about this next part? So, the Sword of Creation is uh, part of the Realm Defense Grid, or the Creation Defense Grid, that was made in the first stage. It's on the Blessed Isle in the fucking... Uh, in the Imperial Mance. It is basically the thing that has kept, like, any upstart solars from, like, really doing anything until very recently when it, uh, the Scarlet Empress disappeared because she was the only one in recent memory who knew how to operate the damn thing or even gain access to the Imperial Mance. This thing is a fuck you button to any group if there ever was one. You, you start throwing out the Sword of Creation comes out, and it's just a fucking death beam. Literally took out three-fourths of a very big city. Yeah. And that was only with part of the beam. Yeah, that was half the beam. The other one went into Malpheus. I think I even asked if we could send it to Cecilene's desert, if I remember correctly. Yep. Which we could. I was excited. Um, so, now that you know what the sword creation is and how awful it is, uh, and the only person who's technically able to operate it. Above the Blessed Isles, the image of the Scarlet Empress appears and talks about how she has returned. 
Raldo, like, as we're watching, Raldo notices that she doesn't look healthy, doesn't look quite right. There's this green tinge to her eyes that's a little off-putting. And that's the end of that session, actually. So, yeah. And we also got 12 celestial shards. Everyone got two. So basically, uh, she comes up and this little speech that she gives is, uh, Worry not, children of the dragon, your empress is returned. Return from your holes and fly as quickly as you can to the realm. There you will be given succor and sanctuary. The realm is reborn. But there's also that uh, green tinge that doesn't look right. And we can talk on that. After we're done. With, after oh. we're done with this whole thing. And we can talk about how that wraps into the actual meta plot of Exalted and all the other fun things. Um, so, a little bit of just... Not necessarily off-topic talking, but um, as you all know, we are in the middle of a fucking global pandemic. Everybody's starting to shut down their stuff. We actually recently received a stay-the-fuck-at-home order from our state's governor. Yes. Which means that uh, our games are kind of on hiatus for the moment because uh, I run a fairly large group and... You know, we don't want to actually get in trouble and, like, spread this fucking ick around. Yeah, we're not we're not trying to do that to people, especially our friends. So, what this means is, is that if you're listening to this, eventually there might, uh, depending on how long this goes, there might come a time where the mage has to take another pause. We are working on uh, some other games. I am working on, we are thinking about possibly doing Pugmire. We're not sure if that's going to be an in-person game or if that's going to be a... If it's an in-person game, then it has to wait until after Mage is done. If it's an online game, we might start getting it. Um, another thing I'm thinking about doing is possibly getting a smaller group for online to run either a relatively short, but like an every week game of Exalted or Exalted versus World of Darkness. So, yeah, that'll be something fun to... Uh, and hopefully this next weekend coming up, I'll get to dabble with some editing. And I'm hoping, since we have stuff releasing on Tuesdays and Thursdays typically, I will probably start doing my campaigns on Sundays yep. or as Saturdays, one or the other. One of them. To uh, release for my D&D &D 5e campaign. But first I gotta think up a name for it, so wish me luck with that. Yeah, if you want to have some name suggestions uh, for just a D and D campaign, um, you can send them into uh, send them to me on Twitter, and then I'll totally run them by Christina. Or or if you have any questions about uh, I don't know things you'd like for us to talk about or games you'd like to have us run at some point uh, to listen to, you can send those to me on Twitter at a paradise lost. Or you can send your questions and all this other stuff to a pair of dice lost at gmail.com. Where, you know, if you give me like a really cool, like, if you say, hey, you should definitely run this, you know, give me a synopsis. Like, why should I run? Don't just say run fellowship or don't just say run dogs. Like, just give give me like, like sell me on this system. There, there are so many systems that I'm looking at right now that I'm just like, I'm honestly a little bit overwhelmed, but, like, I really want to continue producing content. This has been, honestly, some of the most rewarding stuff that I've done in a couple years, outside of, you know, actually GMing. 
yeah, we look, we want to hear from you guys. Um, we hope everybody's staying safe right now all around the world. I know we've got listeners in a lot of places I didn't expect us to have listeners in, honestly. Switzerland's now our number two country in 11 Ooh, downloads. Wow. Right? But yeah, we just we want everybody to stay safe, you know, practice all the stuff to make that happen. We'll get through this. It's just going to be rough for a little while. All right, so for Paradise Lost Podcasting Channel, I've been Brendan. I've been Christina. And remember to let your good dice roll. Bye, guys.